Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Ivan Bennett. Today we have writer John Patrick Shanley, who wrote the second play in our season, Outside Mullingar. Mr. Shanley is the author of numerous plays, including Doubt, winner of the 2005 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, and the Tony Award for Best Play. He's known for Danny and the Deep Blue Sea, Psychopathia Sexualis, as well as the screenplays for Alive, Joe vs. the Volcano, and Moonstruck, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. How did theater find you? Uh, you know, I mean, I grew up in the Bronx, and I wasn't uh, exposed to theater until I was uh, about 12, when my brother Tom started working on a stage crew at Cardinals Spelman High School, and I went to see uh, The Miracle Worker um, because he was involved, and uh, it just, it was like being swept away by a tidal wave for me. So powerful. Uh, and then I went to the school and I uh, worked on this play as on stage crew as well, uh, Sereno de Bergerac. And so I would stand in the wings every night and listen to the play. And I was very um, moved and impressed and formed by the play's point of view, which was the central character is a poet and he's the toughest guy in the room. And being from the Bronx, I had thought that a poet was a guy who smelled flowers a lot. Uh, and so this uh, very different way of looking at what a poet is sort of gave me permission to be one. And theater became my forum. So it's been said this is your first Irish work, and you didn't want to be labeled as an Irish-American writer. So how did this play happen? Uh, well, you know, when I first, my father got to be a certain age, uh, and uh, he had gone back to Ireland every year to the farm that he was born on. Uh, and he got to this age where he could no, he no longer felt confident driving himself. So uh, I went with him. And as soon as I stepped into that kitchen and listened to those people talk, I knew that I would write about them. But it took me 20 years uh, uh, of gestation from the time that I first started listening. I went back many times after that. Uh, to the time that I was ready to to write something of my father by that time had passed away. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, the hardest thing maybe, or the last thing, or one of the uh, last series of things that a lot of writers write about is their roots, their beginning, their, uh, the things, the central elements that formed them, the mineral deposits, emotional and cultural, from which they draw. And so I had, since I grew up in a very Irish household, my father was an immigrant and my mother was first generation, a Kelly. Uh, uh, I had run away from that, as most people do uh, initially, and um, uh, wrote about everything else, in large part at one point, the Italian-American experience, because it was related but different enough where I could lose myself, escape myself in writing about it. And then only when I was, you know, deeply formed as a human being uh, and had spent a, a long time residing in adulthood was I able to finally go with great comfort and write about my, my own family, my own antecedents. 
Well, do you think that it worked its way into your earlier plays anyway? Like oh, sure. Sailor Song? You know, the love of language and the music of language was something that I grew up with every day of my life. And you know, my father played the accordion and uh, sang, and my aunts uh, danced in the living room uh, on minis the weekend. Uh, and so there was a kind of inherent theater to that. And then I, uh, I hesitate to say this, but I do think there's something genetic in, amongst the Irish where they gravitate towards language, and to some degree the theater. Uh, and that I, I felt very early on when I, when I was about 22, I realized I was a playwright. Uh, it wasn't something, and that I always had been. I just hadn't started writing plays yet. <laughs> Uh, that it was something I was born to it, and uh, you know we can go into a variety of different religious philosophical beliefs to explain it. I don't know. Well, also when I put down the script for Outside Mullingar after my first read, I wanted to go to Ireland. Mm. So how did how did you evoke the setting so strongly? Was it going over there? Was it immersing yourself uh, you in the know, poetry? I mean, or? The minute that I walked into the kitchen, I mean it was a very particular place. It, 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 in a way, looked as if it had been designed to be a set in the theater. Uh, and the great lengths that uh, the middle class in the United States has gone to to expunge any sign of their own ethnicity uh, uh, was absent from that setting. Um, you know, these people were born and raised and lived and died on this farm. And the farm had been in my family for over a hundred years, uh, and uh, they made no apology for it or uh, made no effort to make it something other than it was. And what it was was beautiful. Uh, and then everybody that spoke was practically speaking in verse. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what a place. And then when you go outside, there's the beautiful land and the animals standing on it and their, their complicated and profound relationship with those animals. Uh, there was nothing about it that you couldn't write about. In talking about Outside Mullingar with Chris Lino, our managing director, he said, and I agree with him, and this is one of the reasons we decided to do the play, that it has one of the most memorable heroines in recent literature. So where did Rosemary come from? Whether Freud could figure out what those things were or not. 
make those things happen. Early in your play, Dirty Story, mm-hmm. you wrote the line, we want work which is both credible and fantastic. And I feel like that statement describes some of your own work and even touches outside Molingar. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that line or philosophy? Well, you know, I mean, when I wrote this particular play, as opposed to many other plays that I've written, I didn't want to finish it because I was enjoying it so much. <laughs> really? And uh, rewriting it was even more pleasurable than writing it because I thought, at last, I have characters who are as gifted with language as I am. Because I have to hold back most of the time. Because the characters wouldn't say that. The characters don't express themselves that well. And so I have to let the characters run the show, not me. And this was a rare case where I felt completely uh, unimpeded from uh, going as high and as deep as I wanted with basically every every line of the play. And that opportunity, a playwright looks for that opportunity, like Bud Schoberg, you know, when he went down to the docks uh, before he rode on the waterfront, um, he had a certain moment where, where he knew, it's like, wow, these are the people and this is the place. I can write that big one with this. And Mullingar, uh, the farm and those people, they described for me that kind of opportunity where I'm like, oh my God, I can, I can really go with this one. Did the play come easily in the sense of the character's speech then just out of visiting and, you know, their Irish mannerisms? How much well, did, how much did a you... A lot of the uh, expressions in the play uh, were things that I heard from members of my family over the years when I was over there. And then I discovered my own uh, Irishness uh, in that I was capable of coming up with more of these expressions that looked very much of a piece with the ones that actually did exist. And that was a very freeing feeling. I'm, I'm curious where the plot point of the road access came from. My, well, that's real. Is it? My family, you know, you know, the first time that I went to my family's farm, we had to go through two gates that were about 20 yards apart. And you had to drive, you open the gate, get out, you get, get, get out of your car, open the gate, drive in, close that gate, drive like 10 feet, open the second gate, drive through that, and then close that gate. And then these people did this every single time they drove in or out to get to their own front door. Wow. And so I asked the obvious question. <laughs> uh, why? Who's, and they said, well, somebody else owns that land. And I'm like, well, why don't, it's not doing them any good. It's clear nothing's being done with that land. Why don't you buy it from them? And they changed the subject. <laughs> <laughs> my dad... My dad's in real estate, and he was asking me, you know, what we're doing this fall at Pioneer Theater Company. I told him we were doing this play. He said, what's it about? And the first thing that occurred to me to tell him, because he's in real estate, is it's about road access. And he was and he was hooked. <laughs> and he was hooked. He wants to come see it. So, Did, uh, well, my, my, my family lived with that situation for certainly 50 years. And then they finally got that piece of land. Oh, wow. But did, it was a complicated political process with another family. Oh, my gosh. Did did anything surprise you in the writing or in the first production of Outside Mullingar? Uh, definitely. I was surprised left and right while I was writing the play 
by uh, the things that they were saying, which I just found so delightful. I loved spending time with these characters more than any other characters I've ever written. Thank you so much for being with All us, right, Mr. Chandler. Well Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. Check out other episodes of this podcast with the directors, playwrights, designers, and composers for other shows this season on www.pioneertheatre.org and click in the individual play titles. If you have any questions about Outside Molingar or would like tickets, you can go online or call our wonderful box office staff at 801-581-6961.